Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out Podcast. This is episode 20 for Keeping Track at Home. I'm Ryan the Goose Gosker here with you as always, joined by my co-host Jolan Bioqua. Jolan, welcome to the show. Man, we've made it to 20 episodes. It's kind of crazy from where we started it, but here we are at episode 20. The big 2-0, brother. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And we want to welcome in our guest, Eric Moltner. The and, great. Uh, the great Eric Moltner, <laughs> class of 2014 in Pompton Lakes. Good friend of ours, obviously, and he's our Raider fan here on the podcast as we are your uh, contingent giant fans and Eric is the Raider fan here on the podcast so Eric welcome to the show uh, thanks for having me I just want all the viewers at home to know they set this up on on purpose uh, Raiders playing Chiefs this week it is a uh, it's a setup but we'll get into that later yeah, yeah game five loss but regardless we will get into that it, it has been a tough week if uh, if you're Eric uh, we're, we're gonna move right into the NFL last week uh, the Cowboys got destroyed by the Browns. I was so far off on this game. Odell looked amazing last week. The Patch Chiefs game was close. You could obviously tell they missed Cam Newton. I mean, who wouldn't? But they, if they had Cam Newton, I think that's probably a three-point game at max. Maybe maybe New England steals that one. I, the Jets, I mean, good Lord, dude. Go back to, like, they got to restart. Like, they need to restart the team and uh, just go back to the fundamentals. Bill O'Brien did finally get fired last week, which is uh, huge news. Thank God. Because what happened was his head coach, Bill O'Brien, decided that he was going to, or GM Bill O'Brien decided head coach Bill O'Brien was going to call plays. And management said, that's the final straw. We're going to fire you from both roles. So uh, there's only one Bill that can really do both roles, and he lives in New England. So uh, they really need to kind of figure that out. And they're in a deep hole with their draft and their their salary cap and everything like that. They're in a lot of trouble. Regardless, just looking back on last week and, and in totality, you know, a, li- a little bit of a tough week. I was 8-7 and seven last week. I was 8-7 and seven last week. Just, you know, a hair bit over 500. And if you're wondering, you're saying that's only 15 games. That's because we did have one game canceled. Thanks, Tennessee. Uh, so on the year, I am 39-25. and 25. So a pretty good record so far. I can't complain too much. But it's it's been it's been so good, so far so good. Now where it hasn't been so far so good right now is the COVID issue in the NFL. Here's what I'll tell you: If you have texted me saying the season's over, I don't want to hear it. It's not over. However, Tennessee, what the hell are you doing, man? What what on this earth are you doing? We saw it with baseball. We saw it with the Cleveland Indians. They had two pitchers break quarantine, break protocol, all this different stuff. What on this? Gr- Go on God's green earth, are you doing? In the middle of a pandemic, you are told to shut down and you're just like, yo, let's get the whole crew together. Let's go practice. That's not how it works. You cannot do things like this. And and Joel, I'm, they're looking at historic punishments coming down from the NFL, which to me could be huge. Remember the Titans? COVID did. Yeah, remember the Titans? Well, NFL fans, you better remember them because we might not see them for a while. But there has been some good news. They had, they had a two-day stretch of no positive tests and now have no positive tests, so they are on track to play this weekend. Derrick Henry is the only guy on that team that benefits from no contact the past two weeks because of all the hits he takes every single day. So I, I really do feel bad for Buffalo, who they're playing this week. Uh, Derrick Henry is on a mission right now. So but so that that's a problem. How can they fix it? I I don't think they got to hit the panic button. And, you know, I don't think they have to go to a full-on NBA bubble, but you got to look to quarantine them in their own cities, get them in hotels, kind of keep them away from the public as much as you can. It's just the way it has to be. I understand it stinks, but 
hey, we've got guys in the bubble that had to go without seeing their families for for a long, long time. So stop panicking on season. Week four was great. Week five is going to be even better. John, we're going to get rolling with our picks. All right, well, since we got Eric in the booth, let's start off with the Raiders. We have the Raiders 2-2 two and two at the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 4-0. Mahomes is 89.1. Total QBR against the Raiders is the highest against any team that he has played more than once. And his 11 passing touchdowns in four games, in which he went 4-0, is the highest total he has against any NFL team. Eric, welcome, bro. Start us off. Uh so the numbers you just let out, uh, read out to us, those stats, I would have told you they were probably too low from watching the uh, previous Chief Raider games. Patrick Mahomes owns our defense, just like about every other quarterback that walks into um, the stadium when the Raiders play. But uh, as the Raiders, stupid Raider fan I am, Henry Ruggs is back this week. Trent Brown might be playing left tackle for us this week. Uh, we are as healthy as we were week one, basically. Hunter Renfro looks good. The line is minus 13. Um, I have the Chiefs winning, unfortunately, if we are going to pick just a game. But as a gambler myself, I'm buying two points, and I'm taking the Raiders plus 15 and hoping they can score right before time expires to cover that 15 in the back door. Better beware. He's a Raiders fan. I will repeat, he is a Raiders fan. (laughs) Goose, bring it over to you. What do you think Kansas City has to do to win this matchup? Just adding to your stats, our our guy Zach Gelb, who was on last week, put out, in four games against the Raiders, Mahomes is 4-0, outscoring them 143-55 to and has 11 passing touchdowns. If you're the Chiefs, you just got to keep doing what you're doing. You got to get better execution than you did against the Patriots. But again, it's a Bill Belichick defense, so I'm not overly concerned. That's the best coach and best defensive coach we have ever seen. So I'm pretty okay with them struggling. I think you got to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back, you know, keep keep him rolling and those weapons, they're just going to get open. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman might be the two fastest guys in the league, and they play on the same team. And then you got Travis Kelsey, you got Sammy Watkins, you got all these weapons. You just got to keep feeding the ball and uh, feeding them the ball. Find creative ways to do it. I'm taking the Chiefs this weekend as well, and I'm I'm probably going to take the Chiefs with the points as well. Smart man, smart man. From Missouri to Maryland, we have the Bengals taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals are 1-2-1, and one, the tie being with the Eagles. The Ravens are 3-1. and one. The Bengals haven't gone three straight games without a loss in a single season since starting 8-0 in 2015, and they haven't had consecutive wins since weeks 4-5 and five of the 2018 season. Goose, let's start with you. Who do you like in this matchup? That is awful. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't even want to pull the stats on the Giants. Awful. Yeah, no, please don't. Cincinnati, shout-out Joe Burrow for getting his first career NFL win. Uh, the guy's a winner everywhere he's gone, and, you know, he's, he's getting killed, by the way. he's His health is going to be a serious concern if they don't sure up that offensive line. However, moving into this matchup, uh, good night, Nurse. I mean, Baltimore is going to trounce them this weekend in Baltimore, no less. I don't think Cincinnati has a hope nor a prayer, and uh, I think they need to look forward to next week. And I don't even know who they're playing, but they just need to look forward to that matchup as opposed to this one. So, Eric, is there any shot, chance in the dark, that the Bengals could win this matchup? And what would be the key if they're going to win? Uh, the only hope they really have is that Mixon does what he did last week, rushed for over 100, scored uh, three times, something like that. I played him in fantasy. He had 45 points against me. He's got to do something like that again if they want to have a hope. Uh, and they got to obviously block for Joe Burrow. Did you see that video going around Twitter of him uh, sliding and saying, oh, I learned this after the Eagles game when he got blown up? Kind of feel bad for the young guys back there just running with, like, uh, no bro- no blocking, anything like that. So, they got to run the ball well. It's hard to do against this Ravens front. So Who do you like? 
I definitely like the Ravens. Definitely like the Ravens here. From Maryland, we go all the way to Pennsylvania, all the way. The Eagles are at the 3-0 and Pittsburgh Steelers. The Eagles 1-2-1. and Again, they're tied being against Cincinnati. Pittsburgh's quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, has seven passing touchdowns through his first three games, whereas Philadelphia signal caller Carson Wentz has seven interceptions through his squad's opening contests. Wentz's seven picks are the most in the NFL. Goose, who do you like? Yeah, this is the Battle of Pennsylvania. Is this one of the games where, like, if you're the Eagle fans, like, if they win, they riot. If they lose, they riot. Like, one of those things. I think they riot. Right. Yeah, I'm going to go with they riot. But uh, this is a really tough matchup because you got Pittsburgh coming off. A, it came off their bye week. The bye week was supposed to be week seven or eight, and it was now week four. We heard Big Ben be very upset about that this week, and I feel so bad for him. A couple guys missing their kids' birthdays. I think it was Ebron, and that's just a whole situation now with their bye week moving. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's what the league has to do. And uh, going to the matchup, this is tough because I don't. I watched that whole San Francisco Eagles game last week, and I don't know if the Eagles found it because they were playing a beat up team. They were playing Nick Mullins, who belongs on the JV team. Uh, and, you know, th- he got replaced in the last drive of the game. It last was their C squad. Yeah, like, absolutely. So I don't know. I don't really have that much faith in Philadelphia yet. I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this matchup. That defense is just electrifying. They're going to turn if Carson Wentz continues to play the way he has, they're going to turn him over three or four times on 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 Sunday. So uh, give me Pittsburgh. I don't think it's big. I think it's a close game, and uh, the Battle of Pennsylvania stays in Pittsburgh. Eric, who do you like? Uh, so Derek Watt is out for the Steelers, who I think is huge for Carson Wentz. Have a little more time back there. I think the Eagles tasted winning last week for the first time all year, and that hypes guys up a little bit. So I actually have the birds in an upset here. I think that week off uh, hurts Big Ben this early because I think his body is still getting loose and ready to go. And I think that I think they had an eight, week eight by, I believe, they're supposed to have. I think that would have been good for him because he would have been stretched out and then got to take a rest. I think it was a little too early, and I think Carson Wentz is slowly coming out of his shell that he's currently playing in. Um, so, yeah, I like the birds this week. That's my upset for this week. I think, yeah, if the birds are going to win, they're going to have to limit the turnovers. It's all on Carson Wentz. From one NFC East team, we'll move to another. We have the Rams playing the Washington football team. The Rams are 3-1, and one, and the Washington football team is 1-3. Washington is just 33% in converting on third down this season, the worst mark in the NFL, and that's actually an improvement from the 29th season at 29.1. Goose, who do you like? <laughs> well, they benched Dwayne Haskins this week. Kyle Allen's going to start. So if you think Dwayne Haskins is bad, I don't know what you think of Kyle Allen. Uh, I don't think he's that great either. Uh, Ron Rivera's battling, obviously, the cancer that we found out that he had in the offseason. This team just has nothing. Just, I, I really don't, you know, Chase Young, he got hurt. Some of the, some of the key pieces of that defensive line did get hurt. Uh, other, I mean, that's the only bright spot on the team. So, I'm going to take Sean McVay and the Rams. I think what they learned last week from the Giant game is, uh, hey, you know, everybody knew we were going to win. The question was by how much. But we can't come out looking that sloppy because if you really look at it, the Giants had a chance in that game and a bigger chance than they should have. I think they try to make a statement this week. The Rams' offense, by the way, uses I think the stat. I think they're second in the league in motions per per play. They're at like thirty six percent or something like that of their offensive plays are run with motion, and that's just hard on a defense. It's hard on the linebackers. They got to use their eyes. They got to watch all these deceptions, decoys, and everything like that. It's, it's brutally tough, and then you talk about a bad team like Washington, 
yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a problem. I'm gonna take the Rams big. So if you're wondering why you've heard the name Kyle Allen, it's because he actually replaced Cam Newton last year in Carolina. So he has started games in the NFL and he did look fairly well. So I think you are beating him up. Different team now, understandable. But Eric, who do you like in this matchup? Uh, so what I got written down right here, guys pretty much hit it on the head. I have Rams had the walkthrough last week against the Giants. Every team does it. You, you fly on a plane, you come in, you think you're going to blow someone out. Turns out you're playing in the NFL, you don't blow teams out that easily. Um, so I think they come in this week playing much better than they did last week. I have them beating the uh, Washington football team. But if the football team wants to do anything, they got to get McLaurin the ball a lot more, a lot earlier in the game, and that front five or six really need to come up even with the injuries on it they still have two or three legit pass rushers on that line and i think if you can get to golf you can uh get to his head and i think he uh got uh quick feet when uh people are coming at him happy feet yeah he golf's definitely happy not feet. good movie yeah, yeah. great movie <laughs> golf definitely not want to scramble when the pass rush is there so washington really needs to key in on that Moving forward, we have the Panthers, who are 2-2, two and two, at the Falcons, who are surprising 0-4. Um, the Falcons are 0-4 for the first time since 1999, and a loss to Carolina would be their first 0-5 start since 1997, which is even more weird because they've had 16-point leads in two of those games. Falcons look like they're crumbling when it matters the most. Goose, who do you like in this matchup? Yeah, Dan Quinn's going to get fired soon, just so everybody knows. It, this happened last year. They were like 2-6. and six. It came out that they were going to fire Dan Quinn the next week. Then they won five in a row and saved his job, like heroes and all this crap. I, I really, I don't even, I don't want to pick any team in this matchup. Really, you look at Carolina; they've won the last two, and if they win this week, it's just going to continue to beat the drum of, hey, we're winning without Christian McCaffrey. Well, Vegas doesn't know what to think of this either. They only have a one and a half point spread to Atlanta. Yeesh, good luck. You know, pick your poison. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey right now. You know, again, we know how important he is to the team, but they're they're winning without him. You know, it's kind of it's just one of those weird things, and you know, it only builds my case in a couple of years about paying running backs and stuff like that. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I think Atlanta in the dome finds a way to get a win. I th- I I don't know why, Jolan. I really don't have a good reason. A lot of these picks, I do have good reason. This one, I got no clue. I'm gonna go with Atlanta just because they're at home. Uh, Chick-fil-A is not even going to be open down there. There's no fans. <laughs> this is awful. Uh, just an all-around bad matchup. But Matt Rule's riding a high. I think they. I think the Falcons silence them this weekend. Molt, who do you like? Uh, both these teams stink. <laughs> they are not good. Their defenses stink. This could be a 45-41 football game. Um, the Falcons can't possibly lose again. Dan Quinn is getting fired. You are right. But they are better than 0-4. They're, like they are saying, the... The Bears might be the worst 3-1 team ever. This might be the best 0-4 team to ever play football. But are the Falcons wide receivers playing this week? Julio left last week with that hammy. Uh, Ridley's, you know, I don't think he caught a pass last week, if I'm correct with that. I think, he, uh, yeah, I think it was a zero. Uh, if those guys show up, the Falcons should win this game. But like I said, it's going to be – it might be one of those teams who gets the ball last because it might be 45-41. Well, and the fact, the fact that there is a Twitter poll of who should get fired first Dan Quinn or Adam Gase, the fact that anybody is in the same stratosphere as yes. should get as should get fired as soon as Adam Gase, that that's all <laughs> that's all you need to know. Signed, sealed, and delivered. So from the winless Falcons, we'll move over to another winless team and their matchup. We have the Jaguars who are one and three at the zero and four Texans. Um, Romeo Cornell will become the oldest head coach in NFL history. The Texans' intern will be seventy three years old, hundred and fifteen days on Sunday. 
So, Goose, who do you like in this matchup, Texans or Jags? And this is a uh, – listen, I'm – you know, my cousin – my cousin's in Jacksonville, and uh, he's a big fan of theirs, but they got to travel to Houston this weekend. Does Houston have fans yet? Are they playing in front of fans? I believe a few. Because I still don't think Texas believes in the coronavirus, so I think it would make <laughs> sense that they would have fans. Um, I think this is I think this is Houston, and I'm going to go Houston big time in this game because I think they are rejuvenated. Bill O'Brien is gone. I think they finally believe, you know, they have a system they half believe in at least, uh, where Bill O'Brien, I think they were mostly checked out. So I, I, I like Houston this weekend to get their first win of the season. I think th- this is up there as one of the best 4-0, teams, excuse me, uh, in the NFL. It's just, uh, I, I, but they miss D-Hop so much. I'm still going to take Houston this weekend. I think weekend. it's a lot of praise to Deshaun Watson more than anything for that team. Eric, who do you like in this matchup? Uh, so this is another stinker like Joel said. Both these teams also stink. I actually don't think the Texans are that good. I think they deservedly are 0-4, 1-3. But I do think they win this week. And the only note I have written down here is I think the Texans hated Bill O'Brien so much that they're going to come out and show that they can win a football game just because he got fired. I think they will celebrate him getting fired. There's a trend here. We're moving on from teams with no wins to other teams with no wins. <laughs> from the Cardinals 2-2 two two at the 0-4 Jets. Arizona wideout DeAndre Hopkins has 39 receptions, which leads the NFL. He had nine against the Jets to break the record for the most catches through a team's first five games of a season. Goose, D-Hop, looking for historic pace. Who do you like? Dude, he might have 39 receptions this weekend <laughs> against that awful Jets secondary. Holy cow. I, You know, every time you look at the Jets, you're like, you know what? They got a West team coming east on a 1 o'clock start, and you're like, okay, maybe uh, Arizona had to get delayed because of presumptive positive COVID test with the Jets that ended up all coming back negative. So you're like, this is like, if there's a shot. No, no, not this year's Jets. This year's Jets are awful. Like they're, you know, they're even worse than they have been in years past. I think this is a Kyler Murray exhibition, kind of like what he did against the Giants last year and what he's going to do against the Giants next week. But I'm going to take Kyler Murray and the Cardinals big time in this game. Kyler Murray needs to clean up his turnovers. Because if he does, he's going to walk himself into the MVP conversation. If he doesn't, he's going to walk himself into missing the playoffs. So it's it's that simple. Arizona big this week. Arizona, uh, Eric, West versus East, who do you like? Um, Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback. I hope all the Jet fans listening hear me say that very clear. He turns the ball over too much. The Jets will look better this week with Joe Flacco playing quarterback for four quarters. That's going to upset some people. Uh, I hope it does. <laughs> Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback. Um. The Cardinals lost to the Panthers last week by double digits, I believe. Yes. So you you got to think the Jets shouldn't be should be right around there. They will not be. The Cardinals will beat them by double digits. But like I said, the Jets will look better this week, and the, the questions will start arising uh, on Monday morning of who starts next week for the New York Jets. So I guess possibly two weeks because Darnold might still be out next week. Right, and that's that's the one thing I forgot to mention in my little opening uh, soliloquy, monologue, whatever you want to call it, is Sam Darnold's out with an AC joint injury in his shoulder. And Joe Flacco will start Super Bowl champ Joe Flacco, not Elite. Joe Namath. Joe Flacco is starting the game. So just so Jets, you know, they, they might hear Super Bowl champ, they'd be like, oh, you know, we, we, we got it this week. You're, by the way, your best receiver is playing in Carolina now and Robbie Anderson. He looks great. He looks great. Uh, your best safety probably in team history is out playing in Seattle. Hurt and, right uh, now, but... He's hurt right now, but he looks really, really good when he's on the field. So I hope the Jets are enjoying that and watching that. And the Sam Darnold thing, I, I get so many people that say, well, he's got nothing. 
here's my problem. Half the time, he'll make nothing look great. The other half of the time, he makes bad look awful. Like, it, it just gets somehow worse with his decision-making. The pick sixes, that's how he started his career. His first career pass on Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions was a pick six, by the way. So, it, I, I'm so tired of hearing about Sam Darnold. He's going to get shipped out anyway with the new quarterback they get this year in the draft. And uh, that that's going to be quite the circus in New York, I'll tell you that much. I was going to say before I shipped it over to you, Eric, Arizona could be really, really hot and cold, so it just depends on what team you see this week from Arizona specifically. They could either lose against the Jets or they could beat them by 40. It's honestly, just a matter of how they show up. But moving forward, we have the Dolphins at the 49ers, the Dolphins being 1-3 and three and the 49ers 2-2. Two and two. Um, 49ers tight end George Kittle posted 183 receiving yards in week four for his ninth career game of 100-plus yards. But here's the thing. He's never done it in consecutive games. So, Eric, we'll start with you right here. Um, Dolphins, Niners, who do you like? Goose, I got some questions for you with this one. All right, hopefully I got answers. All right, who's better, Seattle or the 49ers? Right now, Seattle. Who's better, Buffalo or the 49ers? Buffalo. Who's better, New England with Cam Newton or the 49ers? Buffalo. Or, well, wait, excuse me, New England. Okay, so all three of those games... One possession games in the fourth quarter against the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins come into San Francisco, and they beat they shock the world for a second. Fitz, Fitzpatrick has his uh, unbuttoned chest hair out type game. <laughs> they make it work. I, I don't know. Is Jimmy G 100%? Is yes, he ready Jimmy to go? G will be is he playing this weekend? Yes, he is. But is he starting? Is he 100%? Is he ready to uh, oh, carry a team? Ankle, right? yeah. Yeah, don't oh, it's well, Oh, I got your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know about 100%, but he's definitely playing. I know what you're saying. Is he there? I think this Dolphin team, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I think they're a pretty like, good team. I think they're, they've are they've they've been in every game. Like I said, one possession games. They lost to Seattle by eight, lost to Buffalo by three, ten to New England, but they scored late in the fourth quarter to cut it to three. I think they're – and they blew out Jacksonville, and they're supposed to beat. I think they're a pretty solid team. They've had a pretty tough schedule so far, and I, I'm not sold on the Niners. They should have beat – uh, the Philly last week, I think the, I think Miami wins this one. I think they upset. And they should also should have beat the Cardinals too, week one. So mm-hmm. a lot of questions around the Niners, and I like that strategy you're thinking of. Who have the Dolphins played? Because they've had played some really good competition, and maybe their record doesn't indicate who they're going to be this season. Goose, who do you like? Yeah, it's you know again, but I think records hard to take into account what San Francisco has had to go through this year. I mean, look at all the injuries. They're literally playing with a C squad. You know, like George. You know, the fact that George Kittle came back, and George Kittle's a great player, but, like, the fact that a tight end came back in a week, that was, like, the biggest news San Francisco had had in, like, a month. It was, like, ridiculous. I mean, they lost Bosa, they lost everybody like that. I think the Philly game really ticks them off, and, and Eric, I would have joined you likely in that pick if this game was in Miami. I think having this game out west where they they just lost, you get Jimmy G back, they got Kittle back last week, Debo Samuel came back, yeah, Brandon Ayuk has looked really good. That yeah. that hurdle he did last unreal. week unreal. was unreal. I I like the Niners in this one. I, I really do. I like Kyle Shanahan's scheme. I think, again, if we're not in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, I, I really like Kyle Shanahan and how he coaches. And so I'm going to take the Niners this week. But uh, you're right. I think it ends up close. We'll see. If they score garbage time points, I'm not counting it as close. I like how travel miles always weigh into your pick. Well, here's a game with not much travel miles. The Indianapolis Colts at the Cleveland Browns. Finally a game with teams over 500. They're both 3-1. and one. Colts receiver T.Y. Hilton now has gone 15 straight games with fewer than 100 receiving yards dating back to 2018. It's the longest streak of his career. His last game with 100-plus yards came with Andrew Luck at quarterback. 
Seems Guys, like ages ago now, doesn't it? That's ages ago. Who do you like, Goose? I, you know, I'm gonna do it to myself. I'm taking the Browns. I, I'm gonna take them. I think, you know, again, I part of what o- Odell did last week against the Cowboys, part of it is not sustainable because a good amount of it came off of trick plays. And if Alden Smith makes the tackle on that reverse, that's not a touchdown, and that's a 15-yard loss. And uh, we're talking about potentially the Cowboys coming all the way back. You in that don't game. let Jarvis roll out and throw the ball 50 yards. Like, right, yeah. right. So, but I do think I do think they do enough. Now this Colts defense is has been stingy, stingy to say the least as of as of late. So, but I I like Cleveland. I think they're finding something with Kevin Stefanski. Now they haven't played the greatest defenses in the world. They're not you know setting the world on fire. I mean the Cowboys are literally the worst defense maybe I've ever seen in my lifetime to date. But I'm gonna take Cleveland in this game at home, and uh, I think I think Baker tries to he tries to get it going, but they rely heavy on that run game. And this is Stefanski came from Minnesota, remember, where they got Kirk Cousins. There's always questions about is he a good quarterback? Well, what do they do best? They set up the run, and the run sets up the play action. Then it makes it a lot easier on a quarterback. Now he's only got to make five to six good throws in a game as opposed to ten to fifteen. Fantasy, it's a lot different. Fantasy gods tap in. Nick Chubb on IR, so the run game's going heavily to Kareem Hunt. So viewers which beware. Which is not a bad option, by which, the way. Yeah, it's a great yeah, option. Right, he's like, top five back in the offense. Right, like, he's, you know, it's a pretty good backup to have. So, Mo, who do you like? Kareem Hunt taking over for the duties at running back for Browns. Who do you like here? Uh, love the Browns. So, Darius Leonard's out for the Colts. Maybe the best linebacker in football. Definitely the most promising linebacker in football. Leaves that, lead, lead, that team in tackles every, every year. Um, it was one of those late-round picks, too, real yeah. late in the draft. to yep. going around, but it was real late. Um, that Browns O-line looks like they dominate the line of scrimmage, like they want to move someone out of your way. And like you guys are saying, no chub, no problem. Cream Hunt, uh, yards rushing leader just a couple years ago before the whole incident occurred. Uh, he's really good, and he can catch the ball really well, too. And the, finally, as a Raider fan, I have to say Phillip Rivers stinks. He uh, is a loser. He loses big football games. He's not a good quarterback, either. Um, and I hope he retires after the season. Watch out, bro. Him and his 11 kids will come and jump you. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to, every week to name a toilet bowl, and it's just my honor to name this week's toilet bowl the 0-4 New York Giants at the 1-3 Dallas Cowboys. The Giants have just 306 rushing yards this season, second worst in the NFL, and the eight fewest total through four games in franchise history. Only twice have they been held under 350 rushing yards the first five games, which was in 1942. And 2013, we've been on a 10-year spill. Goose, who do you like in the toilet bowl? What is the line for this game, by the way? The line seven is and a half. Dallas That's minus it? 10. This is the oh, spread. It was 10. I thought it was oh. seven and a half. Which is I was going to say seven and a half is light. That is did they listen? If the Cowboys didn't have the worst defense potentially that I've ever seen, they would win this game by 40. Okay, but I think does do the Giants have one of their games where they have the most beautiful first drive ever? Yeah, probably. They probably look good on that Dallas defense, but I think after that, the Giants are averaging 12 points a game. That's yeah. disgusting. Well, defense it, has played well, though. Defense hasn't let up too yeah, much. Yeah, I don't care. You just, you still have to score points. Yeah. Unless the defense shuts them out, you still have to you know you still have to score a point, right? Like, and in the NFL where the rules are catered to an offense, you're scoring 12 points a game. Are the Jets even scoring that low? Like, how does I don't understand how this is possible. I I said this a couple weeks ago, Jolan. We need to get off this. Daniel Jones has weapons. Our weapons are disgustingly bad. Evan Ingram's okay. garbage. Evan Ingram. I'll sell you for pennies and chips. You hear me? Evan Ingram, awful. Sterling Shepard, uh, he he's a bull. He's a bull in a china shop. 
And Golden Tate hasn't been a number one in years. He's fighting after games. He's Ship fighting, him. He's fighting after games in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, we got quite the genius. Ramsey's embarrassing you publicly, and you're just taking it. Right. So, the Giants really don't. And, and Darius Slayton's a nice number two, in my eyes. He's not a number one receiver. And you lose Saquon Barkley, obviously. Now you got Devontae Freeman. This is just awful. I'm going to take the Cowboys big. I think the Cowboys win by... 17 at least. Although maybe the Giants are the greatest garbage time team I've ever seen in my life, so uh, maybe maybe they make it closer than that, but I'm going to take the Cowboys by 17. Eric, who do you like? Toilet Bowl. Uh, I just want to say I did get the Cowboys at minus 7.5 earlier today, so it's actually moved to 8.5. It was probably 10 when it opened up. A lot, oh, a lot of people probably liked it at 10. The Giants are bad. Uh, yeah, Daniel Jones might really might not be the answer there. I think Zeke hasn't had a big year this year, only 270 yards on the ground so far. I think they try to feed him early and often. And hopefully these are one of the games the clock just never stops. It just keeps ticking, and this game gets over before uh, before the 7 o'clock uh, time 10. And, I mean, that's just a testament to Kellen Moore, who's been who's used to be the Boise State quarterback now. Most the, winning college football quarterback in history. Yeah, that, those teams were absurd. But he's now the offensive coordinator, and... They have decided to go pass heavy because they want to get Dak his forty million. That's that's how I look at. Not it. even a, a testament to Callum Moore, but most mostly Mike McCarthy. I mean, look at what he did in Green Bay. Barely used utilized the running back, if at all. Like you see, Aaron Jones now with no Mike McCarthy and his little tenure with the Green Bay Packers popping. So it's a big, big question mark around Zeke and how they're going to utilize him, especially with his Giants front seven playing fairly well. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. You could see Mike McCarthy never used Aaron Jones. I think he was playing Ty Montgomery over him for a while. They had that little battle. I think Aaron Jones got drafted, like, yeah, right around Ty Montgomery started popping. Yeah, so he would never play Aaron Jones. He's gone. I actually think he was the wrong guy for this Dallas job because of that. You can see Zeke just isn't getting the same out of carries he once was, and I think he is, like, easily the top three back in the NFL. And right now with all the injuries with Saquon and CMC, he's the best back still playing football, and he just doesn't play like it right now. He's not getting enough touches. He's got to find his rhythm. Vera watch Zeke. He does a little eating out of cereal bowl, wants to eat. He's got to get six, seven touches in, like in a row or every other play to really get his uh, his feet moving. So from an NFC East matchup, we'll go out to an NFC West versus NFC North matchup, and the Vikings taking on the Seattle Seahawks. The Vikings are 1-3, and, and the Seahawks are 4-0. and Minnesota running back Dalvin Cook has 424 rushing yards this season. <clears throat> The most in NFL history, oh, the most in the NFL, excuse me, the highest total for a Vikings player through five games in the past 20 seasons is 607 by Adrian Peterson in 2007, historic season, what AP did that year as well. Goose, who do you like? I'm picking Russell Wilson in this game. I'm not picking a team. I'm picking <laughs> Russell Wilson in this game. He's been lights out. And, my, again, I it's part of this, like, Pete Carroll's just sitting there going, wow, my defense is so bad. I'm actually going to get Russell Wilson the MVP because our defense is so bad. <laughs> He has to play so well in order for us to win, and but but again, every time you sit there and you say he can't, he just can't play better, or he can't get, you know, he can't improve. He does, and he and he just raises his level. I like Russell Wilson in this game. I wish there were fans there. Seattle's a great place for fans, a, a really fun, fun place to play. Uh, but I'm gonna take Seattle. I think Minnesota, that field is like a house of horrors for them uh, the past few years. And again, Kirk Cousins. They're starting to find Justin Jefferson a little bit, though, which is which is a huge part of that offense. That defense just doesn't look the same right now, and, and I think that's a huge problem, especially when you're playing the likes of Tyler Lockett and, oh, by the way, D.K. Metcalf, the steal of the second round last year. 
So, Eric, before we go to you, I just want to note one thing, that it's Seattle's first time on the brink of starting 5-0 and ever. So, with this kind of weight on their shoulders, in essence, does this change your pick, or who do you like? Does anyone know the D coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks? Off the top of your head? Ooh, that's a good question. Off the top of my head, no. <laughs> the bottom of my head, maybe. What's the bottom no, of your I'm head? Kidding. I, I have I, no clue. No <laughs> uh, so, it's Ken Norton Jr., uh, old linebacker coach there, and he also is the ex-D coordinator for the Oakland Raiders, now Las Vegas Raiders. I could have told you the last four years prior to this that he stinks. The Seahawks defense stinks. And these are one of the, this is the game where Kirk Cousin gives you the, you like that afterward. It makes you like, is he that good at football? Because he <laughs> plays other weeks and, like, he's not good at all. He's real bad. This Seahawks defense is really, really bad. I think Kirk Cousins has a huge game this week. But uh, I think Russell Wilson is the MVP of football. So I think they win as well. But I think Kirk Cousins shows up this week. Kirk Cousins, it, the dude is like fishing. Right, he's just putting bait on the end. He's tossing it out there. He'll throw for 400 yards. He'll reel you in. Yep. Oh, he's a great quarterback. Then he'll make the internet cringe with the "you like that," and then and then he'll turn back in. He'll disappear in the postseason. Right. He'll, he'll catch this like baby goldfish. That's what that's what he'll do in his fish. Mm-hmm. Like that's I. It's just Kirk Cousins' career. I bite every time too. Every time he throws for 400, I'm like, this guy's pretty good. And he's not. He's you like that? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> Wait, listen, when he's on, I do like that. Like, yeah. It is, you know, it's good stuff. Especially me owning Adam, Adam Thielen this year in fantasy. I'm hoping for a big week from him. And now with the COVID schedule, we have some games being mixed up. Oh, we go yes. from Sunday to Monday. Monday at 5 p.m. We now have the Denver Broncos taking on the New England Patriots. Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, the positive tests come up in the Patriots organization. So their game is being moved. Um, Julian Edelman registered 52.2% of uh, points through four games in week two. Um, Julian Edelman, fantasy owners, got to get off of him. He's dropped the ball three times. One last week led to a pick. I usually set him up with a team stat, but this is literally solely on Julian Edelman's performance and how he plays with no Cam Newton. Goose, who do you like? Well, I think real owners need to get off of him. His drops the last two years have been alarming. Alarming. He led the league in drops last year. I think he's on pace to do it this year. Now we're only a few weeks in, but it's not a bad stat to be leading in, uh, or that is a terrible stat to be leading in, per se. And I, I just think Denver catches New England on a bad week. I think Bill's pissed off. I think this whole organization is, is ready to go. They want to play football, and they're upset. I, th- I genuinely think that even without Cam Newton, they felt they should have won that game in Kansas City and had a chance to. Uh, again, how much does Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham hamper you? This this Denver defense is not what it used to be in my, in my eyes a few years ago, where I would I would pick them. But in New England, I like the Patriots. If for, without even without fans, just in Foxborough, I like the Patriots. So Eric, who do you like here? Monday night, five o'clock. So I'm seeing stuff on Twitter that Drew Locke actually might play this week. If the Broncos owners, coaches, or anyone happen to be listening to this podcast for some reason, please just sit him. Don't put him out there. Don't make him get hit 15 times, throw four interceptions. This Patriot defense, where they have five guys sit out because of COVID, everyone's saying they're tanking. This Patriot defense is legit. Elway, all ears. All ears, Elway. They are legit. They, uh, they're they going to win this game, I think, pretty easily. This Bronco offense, uh, losing Sutton, killed them. It's just not – the ball doesn't move like it did earlier. Uh, is Ingram that good back there with the ball? Or Melvin Gordon, I'm sorry. Um, 
I don't know. I think the Pats win. I think they win kind of easily. I think the Broncos maybe don't score at all. Could be a shutout. But so. if you are listening, John Elway, thank you very much. That would, <laughs> that would be quite the cool listener to have. Yeah, we'll we'll get you on here if you really want to. I mean, I guess so. I would, I would have John in in a, in a second. <laughs> Check a the second. schedule. See if he fits on the schedule. Now for the A15 Monday night game, we have the Los Angeles Chargers at the New Orleans Saints. Um, Breeze was 5 of 8 for 111 yards and a touchdown on throws of 15-plus yards downfield in Week 4. In the first three three games of the campaign, he had just seven such completions and zero touchdowns. So Breeze really got into rhythm, started slinging it out last week. Goose, who do you like Monday 815? This is a there's a lot. This is this is like a this is a full lunchbox. This game it, there's a lot going on. New Orleans looked awful at the start of last week, but then they remembered that they're playing Detroit, and Detroit has lost six straight, leading by ten or more in a game. So naturally, they, naturally they scored 35 straight points and uh, took that game over. This game's interesting, too, because Hurricane Delta is expected to hit Louisiana. So there's been reports that it could be moved to Indianapolis, but it's looking like they might try to stay down there. So that's a factor. And for Los Angeles, they finally named Justin Herbert the starter. Tyrod Taylor's just getting... He's not getting the short end of the stick because I don't think he's a great NFL quarterback, but he's just getting these really bad luck kind of bounces. Like, he got a concussion, and Baker Mayfield took over, and now look how that's going for the Browns. And now he accidentally gets his lung punctured by a team doctor. It's assaulted. And yeah, right. And now, you know, now Justin Herbert's the starter. Although Herbert looked good last week against the Tampa Bay defense, uh, and especially in that first half, he was electrifying there in the first half. I'm not a huge fan of him, but uh, but he looked really good. I'm going to take New Orleans in this one, especially if they're playing in the dome. It's even without the fan. It's just something about playing in the dome, uh, unless they're playing the Green Bay Packers. So I'm going to take New Orleans. Eric, who do you like Monday night game? Uh, if Austin Eckler was playing, I would be picking the Chargers. I think that front line is going to really get the breeze. Breeze looking old this year, doesn't move that often. But without Eckler, I think the Chargers offense struggles to move the ball. And once again, watching uh, Herbert play makes you really happy as a Raider fan because that's just another really good young quarterback in the division that looks like he's probably pretty good at football too. Definitely, definitely looking good at football. Mike Williams, owners in fantasy, rejoice. Tyrod Taylor wasn't a fan of the deep ball. But I can guarantee you Justin Herbert will look his way plenty as the season moves forward and they get comfortable. Down to our Tuesday night game, Tuesday at 7 p.m. because of COVID. We have the Battle of the Unbeatens, the Buffalo Bills at the league-hated Tennessee Titans. Tennessee's quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is averaging 11.2 yards per attempt with play action, but just 5.9 per, uh, per attempt without play action. Goose, who do you like here, Battle of the Unbeaten? Yeah, this is a really good matchup and a great Tuesday night game. It's like Mac football, but like 10 times, 50 times better, which is just awesome. Like, this isn't like Jacksonville versus Cincinnati. This is like a really good matchup. And, you know, you, Joel, and you've heard me make basketball references on this podcast, especially when talking football. And we talk about basketball. Often, well, that, well, that we do, but I've made references when we're making picks. I think sometimes you ride the hot hand, and sometimes there's these heat check moments. And I think I think Buffalo's sense of urgency to win this game needs to be extremely high because they play the Chiefs next week. So good luck. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. And we'll pick that obviously next week. But I'm going to take Buffalo because I think there's a sense of urgency, and I just I think I think they're excited to play now. Tennessee, we talked about this off air. I think Derrick Henry benefits the most from having two weeks of no contact. The dude has taken like the number of hits he's taken to his body is probably stupid, but I think he's well rested. And I think that's a problem for Buffalo, but they have a great run defense. They, that defense has looked good. Josh Allen is playing at MVP type of level. I didn't know if I'd ever be able to say that, 
but he is right now, and he's playing really well. I'm going to ride the hot shooter right now, and I'm going to take Buffalo in this one. Eric, who do you like for our Tuesday game this week? Uh, the Titans. I like the Titans a lot here. I think Corey Davis is having a huge season for uh, the Titans. He's reserve now. Yeah, is he, uh, so he's not this playing? Week, this week, he's definitely not playing this week. I don't know about next now. All right, so I'm uh, still taking the Titans, but uh, I miss him. there goes my insurance on this game. But uh, Derek, Derek Henry, I've written down here, he's loving this. He's oh, fresh. Yeah. <laughs> that is a big body to come off of uh, 14 days without being touched because they weren't even practicing. So he's not even really doing that much. He's going to be hard to tackle. It's in Nashville, so it's going to be nice out. The Bills, just they just run better in the cold. I like the Titans here. The Bills got to establish a run early if they want to have a shot. Over under 35 carries for Derrick Henry this week. Over. I think I go over, and I think he he goes close to 40, I think. He's yeah. at the 38 and the 39 range for sure. I mean, that's the recipe for success for that team. Oh, yeah. That's just the way it is. And now that wraps up our NFL. You might be wondering, Jolan, why not the Thursday game? You guys review the Thursday game. Well, guess what? There is no Thursday game because of COVID and because of Tennessee. So we just enjoy football for three straight days starting tomorrow. And Goose, what do we have on college football? What do we have on high school football and all other uh, facets of football to close yeah, out? Yeah, so it's not a lot to touch on, but college, we're two weeks away from the Big Ten, which is very exciting. We get to see Justin Fields finally. By the way, last weekend we did get to see Trey Lance because they got to play their one game of the year against like Central Arkansas State, and like he looked pretty, he looked okay, but like it was basically a showcase in a sense, which is kind of stupid when you have a global pandemic going on. Um, but the SEC is in full effect. Georgia looks good, and they're going to play your guy, Jarrett, this weekend down there with the Tennessee Vols. Yes. Um, and, and that's going to be – that is quite that is quite the matchup, and you can never shortchange the SEC because – and uh, Georgia, you never know. That game is 7-7 actually currently as we speak here. Texas-Oklahoma is 38-38 as we speak. Spencer Rattler, get it in check. All right, that is Jolan. Jolan is very, very upset today. He's not having a good day. You all right Texas, over there? Texas' first 10 points came off Spencer Rattler's turnovers. I, 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 can't, I can't believe this guy. I went from Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts to this garbage. Yeah, that's tough. Texas A&M <laughs> did upset number four Florida, 41-38. to 38. So uh, a lot going on. It's really crazy. Oklahoma's lost back-to-back weeks. Uh, no fans. Fans, the SEC, by the way, they're just packing stadiums down there. Uh, in the NFL, DeSantis down there in Florida cleared Miami to have full attendance. They're not My, doing it. Miami, Miami, rightfully so, said, "Yeah, we're gonna pass on that because that's the intelligent decision to make." But uh, yeah, it's a uh, we're gonna see a lot of fans down south. So if you're looking for normal football, uh, go to the SEC and watch those games, and they'll they'll have plenty of people. And in high school, we had Ponta versus Glenrock. Jolan, I know you know back in you know back when we played, or even back when your brother played, actually, that was the first state title in the three run in the three straight run that uh, Pompton Lakes High School had. And that's just a rivalry that goes back as, as, as from the beginning of time. Pompton pulled that one out today, 14-7. to uh, So a really good win in front of a, a maximum of 500 fans. But it was packed, I'll tell you that much. I saw all the cars. It actually looked more packed than a regular game, which is kind of odd. So, uh, But good for them. They're 2-0. and uh, They're going to keep it rolling. And, and just good for the state of New Jersey to be playing football. And stuff like that. Like, Jolan, I've told you this. I, I believe high school sports is the most important level of sports to be playing because of the effects it has on kids and how it keeps them in school, and keeps them on their academics. So I, I, I just applaud the state of New Jersey right now and everything that they're doing. But we're going to go to another applause, and that is the NBA. They've done a terrific job. Their season's coming to an end. 
And uh, the Lakers now lead the series 3-2 to two after a wild game five that saw 75 combined points between Jimmy Butler and LeBron. A, a virtuoso for LeBron, and it was just a wild, wild ending. I think, I'm going to go out on a limb here, say we had J.R. Smith 2.0 uh, in this game. If you remember, J.R. Smith forgot to score in the 2018 finals when LeBron had 51-8-8. Eight, eight. Are you talking about Danny Green? I, that is no, I am talking about Markeith Morris. I was about to say, that's no, insulting. <laughs> Danny, no, Danny Green would be the equivalent to George Hill in that game. George Hill missed a free throw, but for Danny Green, three-pointers are free throws because that's all he shoots. Okay, when you when he takes it too, you cringe. So you expect him to knock that shot down. But then Markeith Morris gets the rebound. LeBron James is wide open on the right wing. Remind you, he's six of eight from downtown on the night, has forty points, and he looks for Anthony Davis. He throws a lob that I think hit a bird in the sky, and uh, it it fell out of bounds, and that was all she wrote. There was only two two seconds left, no timeouts, so they had to foul. He t- hit two free throws. Tyler Hero coming up clutch. And uh, the last desperation, he fell short. So, Eric, now here we're sitting, NBA Finals, 3-2. All Lakers fans and their mothers and their in-laws and their brothers and sisters and their kids all pack their vans, ready to celebrate. And they lose Anthony Davis. Now, we don't know Anthony Davis' health yet going into Game 6. Is there any inkling that the Heat can pull this off and complete a 3-1 comeback in the Finals? Absolutely not. If this was a full season and LeBron had more miles on the legs, possibly. But he had, oh, I guess it was full season technically, but he had the long break in between. I think he's fresh. I'm amazed that they lost after he had, what, 40, 13, and 7 yesterday? Yeah, he hit 40 last night. Normally that's a shutout LeBron stat line right there. Um, KCP for the Lakers shot the ball 15 times, I think. Six for 15 for the field. What's he doing shooting the ball 15 times? And Duncan Robinson for the, the Heat, 7 for 13 from deep. It's tough to beat any team when someone on the other team is getting 21 just like that. Uh, but I think it's actually done after six. I think the Lakers come in, AD or not, I think LeBron figures it out and puts it home. And that yeah. leads me to my next question. We got the Lakers winning. Who's your guys' MVPs? Uh, it's LeBron. Yeah, it's, it's not close. It's LeBron. It's not even close. AD. And There's not like an argument for LeBron, AD? LeBron's off game, his stat line, off game, 25-10-8. and eight. That's people's highlights, career games. Anthony Davis was like 15-6-2. Like... There's just no comparison to what LeBron means to his team, and and it's been this way for years. How much he means to his team, how much he means, you know, on a city level, how much revenue he generates. It's absurd. It's LeBron, period, exclamation point. And I agree. I mean, I think Anthony Davis is going to play in Game 6. He reaggravated a heel contusion that he had. We're going to see how bad that is. But uh, unfortunately, it was their first loss in their Mamba jerseys. It would have been cool to see them kind of close it out. And obviously in this season in remembrance of Kobe uh, when he passed away in February. Uh, it's just one of those things where I, I – but I'm I'm going to agree. January 20th. January. January, close enough to February. And uh, I just think – I just think they – I think they take pride in this and they, they wrap it up in game six. But I'm telling you right now, it's not – this is not like win by 35 in a closeout game. This is like they're going to have to win this game in the in the dirt, in the mud – and all this kind of stuff. They they really have to dig deep. Octavius Caldwell Pope, you got to stop shooting, dog. It, him, Kuz, Kuzma, I feel like every time Kuzma touches the ball, he's going to shoot it. And that's a scary thought because Kyle Kuzma, he's, he's extremely hot or cold. And in, in a very, very sharp way. He's either extre- he's either colder than, than the ice caps 
or he's hotter than a fox in a forest fire. There's no in between. Uh, Kuzma actually had a game low minus 17, and uh, in your plus minus on the court, he was the worst in the on the, in the game minus 17. He's the worst defender That's, in basketball. I'm calling him the worst defender in basketball. Period. But here's here's my problem with all the Kuzma hate and all the antics around the Lakers. Oh and yes, them Kuzma blaming. supporter. Here no, no, it's not <laughs> yeah. a Kuzma supporter. But the Lakers historically over the past 10 years, not forever, but historically over the past 10 years, have not developed a single player that has been promising. When they leave, they're promising. You get rid of Brandon Ingram, most improved player now with the Pelicans. You get rid of Lonzo Ball. He's taking major steps. Kyle Kuzma is the only one they had drafted, and it wasn't even their draft pick. So this is a team that's bought, not built, and they're they're, they're sectioning out the one guy and saying, it's always his fault. Oh, that's, it is his fault. It's their job to develop him. Joe so whose fault is it? 3 for 10 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3, uh, 1 rebound, 1 block, 3 personal fouls. He had a big foul on a 3-point uh, shooter late. late in the <laughs> and you know what? I give you most of those guys, but the Brandon Ingram one, we don't know because as he was kind of starting to come into his own, LeBron comes in. He's not a good pairing with LeBron. It's just the way, the, the, the way their styles line up. Uh, and then obviously he gets shipped out. So yeah, it's an AD trade you have to make. Yeah. I think Ingram would have been good in the Lakers too, but if you could flip him and Lonzo for AD, you do that every. Oh every yeah, day. and AD, could, AD might be the best defender in you basketball. Could keep Lonzo Giannis, and flip Kuzma. I mean, uh, it's, Gian, Giannis won it this year, but AD might be the most versatile defender in the league. He's done a great. He's I mean he's oh, guarding yeah. Jimmy Butler when it matters the most. Now he did it on basically one leg last night. He would he would defend Jimmy Butler and barely be able to make it back up the court. It was it was just. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch a superstar do that. Moving forward, and it's a special, special time to move forward into baseball because of a beautiful night last night in the bottom of the eighth inning. Some nobody Rays player hit a go-ahead home run against the stacked Yankees. The Yankees have now missed the World Series for what? The 10th straight year? 11th straight year? It's the longest drought, I think, in Yankees history. Yankee fan says quietly. And I am (laughs) loving it. We have Eric here to talk about the Yankees and the postseason with Goose. Guys, let's get into baseball. Eric, let's start with the Yankees last night, especially. Uh, so the whole talk, all postseason, is the Yankees don't have the pitching. They don't have the pitching. They don't have the pitching, which I, I think killed them in games two and three. But they gave up two runs, I guess technically in eight innings because the Rays didn't get the bat in the ninth. They three hit them in game four, and they actually had three hits. I'm looking right now in game five. So we have six hits as a pitching staff in – 18 innings, 17, 17 at-bats for the uh, Rays. Someone on this Yankee team had to step up last night. We paid John Carlos Stanton, uh, God knows how, too much money, the lead off the ninth inning and strikeout looking. My one thing is, I get it, hitting baseballs in the MLB is very, very difficult. Swing the bat. You can't, you, the guy, first of all, it was a hanging slider that he let go right by him, but you just got to swing. Gio Urshela, I don't believe he had a hit all series. That man disappeared. LeMayu, did you do, you do you guys watch the games? See, I only watched last night. I did. He had a he made two hits this series, three hits. But I mean, you if you watched that game for the first time all year, he would not have been. You wouldn't have said that guy was the AL batting title leader this year. Uh, Voit had one home run all postseason. He last night you could tell he was swinging like he wanted to hit a ball 700 feet every at bat. So that's not how that works. Um, and I think Judge got killed because he got hurt at the end of the year. Never got like the uh, the minor league at bats you normally get after you come back from injury. He didn't look right. Uh, and the Yankees window. So how I look at windows is they're, you know, they're as open as they could possibly be. I believe the window is now closing. I think we're not getting any younger from the top down. I don't know. we got to come back. The race team is good. This is a good race team. People are very underestimating them because of their payroll. These guys are beating the Astros probably in five or six. 
Um, and they're going to give the Dodgers a run for the money in the, in the World Series. They have 40 and 20 in 60 games. That's pretty impressive to go 20 games over 500 in 60 games. Mm, definitely. And it raises the question of windows and the Rays window. Are we starting to see the Rays finally open up a window for maybe five, six, seven, eight years? Like, we don't know. They are so young. There is a lot of question marks. And the Yankees, they're not getting any younger, especially with the pitching staff, like you said. Goose, what do you like about the MLB playoffs so far? Who do you like? Yankee series last night. Well, number one, it was a beautiful night last night. I was sitting outside for most of the night. It was it was very nice. Um, but the Yankees screwed me. I picked the Yankees to play the Dodgers in the World Series. And they that just screwed me over. Absolutely screwed me over. Unreal. It's a, it's a trend with the Yankees. They will slug the ball all season, and the postseason comes, and they start to diminish. Listen, I already got one New York team that lets me down, okay, in the Mets. They let me down all the time. I don't need two. Okay? You want a third? The Knicks start soon, too. <laughs> well, we don't have enough time to talk about that. Let's put it that way. Regardless, I you know, again, but I think Eric's right. Like, the pitching was actually pretty good this series, and the bats are just swing and miss. They're swing and miss guys. They either hit it to the moon or they, you know, they're, they, it's just not a grinded out type offense where they're going to get guys on, they're going to bunt them over, they're going to, you know, get sack fly. You know, it's just not that type of offense. And uh, we're going to see with Severino coming back next year, James Paxton will be back next year. So there's a lot of pitching on the way, actually. And uh, we're going to see how it, and then again, you could get Trevor Bauer in the, you know, you never know who you're going to get in free agency. Although Yankee fans will tell you they're getting everybody, they can so, afford everybody. So if you look at the list of like free agents for the for the twenty twenty off season twenty twenty one, just know that the Yankees will say they're getting all of them. There well, will be a Photoshop player in the Yankee jersey. It starts. Oh, okay. It starts with DJ though, because he's a free agent. Yeah, he's well, gonna he's going to get paid. I think he's going to get paid big. Pay. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing I'll tell you about the Rays. This is why I don't they, see. To me, the Yankees have this massive window, and it, in terms of like when it starts, like they have a window about the size of this room. The Rays, to me, do not, because with that low payroll, what that tells me is you're you're not really willing to sp- to spend overly big. And eventually, when these guys get really good, this is why you don't have a five, six-year window, because once they get good, they get paid. Mm-hmm. Once they get paid, they're not staying in Tampa Bay anymore. They're going somewhere else to get paid. So I think that's the biggest thing that holds back teams like this with low payrolls is their unwillingness to spend big. But again, you never know, and I think... I, I, this is going to be a really good Rays-Astros series. I actually, I'm going to say this goes seven. I am going to say this goes seven. I'll take the Rays uh, slightly, uh, but I think this is going to be a really good series. Uh, the Rays only get one day rest, where the Astros have had three. Uh, it's going to be really fast. Are they at Dodger Stadium for this one? No, same pl- same place. They're going to play. They're going to play in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Interesting, because it seems like the Astros have Dodger Stadium figured out, and even when you go back to the whole. World Series cheating, like they they hit the ball really well at Dodger Stadium yeah. for whatever reasons. The MLB putting them there up until the championship series, you know, good for them. Whatever. Uh, the NL, I think the Dodgers. I think they they beat the Braves pretty well. I think you know. I think the big thing for the Dodgers was can they avoid a first round upset in a wacky season? I think once they did that, I think they I think they're set to roll here. Smooth and sailing. I, I think they beat the Rays and. I'm going to go five. I think they beat the Rays in five in the World Series. I, I just I think this Dodger team is finally destined. And, oh, boy, would it be perfect for the first time they win a World Series in God knows how long for it to be in a shortened season where everybody's going to say there's an asterisk next to it and all this stuff, only for the Dodgers. But I'll take them in five over the Rays. And it raises a lot of questions. Like, who's good enough to even meet the Dodgers next year? 
Not many teams. So if you want to put an asterisk next to them, they're going to have to defend I'm their title going, again. I'm going early thoughts on the Yankees. I mean, yeah, we said that early year. thoughts on the Yankees. That's exa- look where we are now. <laughs> we, are ha- we are gonna have fans, and that's kind of what I want to wrap up with here. Uh, we we are there are gonna be eleven thousand fans, I believe, at the NLCS. So the Dodgers actually get fans, uh, and then the World Series in Arlington is also gonna have fans, most in part due to the fact that Texas doesn't believe that something's happening. Uh, regardless, I just want to get I, Eric. I want to get your thoughts on on fans. Is it gonna it is it gonna impact the game in the slightest? Kind of how. How do you kind of see this playing out with, with fans and everything like that and their sort of bubble mentality here? So I think it's going to affect it a little bit because even that home run last night in the eighth inning, it was weird because no one was like silent basically after this guy hits a go-ahead home run on the bottom of the eighth of game five of the ALDS. But I just think it's stupid to have fans there. Why? What happens if, so- God forbid, you know, someone touches someone, blah, 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 and it works their way down and say, you know, Clayton Kershaw gets COVID in the World Series? What do they do? You're gonna push it back two weeks is that after after the first game to be one zero. I'll tell you two- exactly what happens. We're sorry. We apologize. We made the wrong, and that obviously Man, doesn't work. Right? Yeah. right, like they, yeah, but that's. that's I how mean, they I thought the bubble. I thought the NBA did a great job, but I even thought them bringing family members in for the last little bit. I thought that was stupid too, because I just don't see that. Like you've already you made it this far. Just finish it up and let the guys go home to their families. Yeah. I don't know, so it and should be interesting. I mentioned that to you as well. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I was very concerned. But I think what helps is that they brought the family members in and they quarantined them for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that to me is the biggest thing. Baseball, I hear like, they oh, they've only stayed in the team hotels. And, but what does that really mean? Like, have they gone to the grocery store? How does this work? I think the big thing, it happened in week one with the Chiefs. They had a fan that tested positive. Now, I believe they're not even allowed to sit in the first Ten to fifteen rows, like uh, which is important. Baseball should likely follow the same thing, okay, and keep them. Because listen, again, if they spread it amongst themselves, it's a you I, problem. I, ba- baseball, baseball, saying exactly that. It's a you problem. Whatever you took the risk, but as long as they move them as far away from the players as possible, they continue their protocols. They continue to follow them better than the NFL does. Uh, that's that should be an exciting World Series, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, that's going to do it for the episode. We are uh, just about out of time. So this was episode 20 of the Air It Out podcast. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, Eric, thank you for joining us. Uh, It was a ton of fun. I just want to thank you again for coming in and uh, let the people know where they can find you on social media. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, Twitter, at EricM46. Uh, It's a pretty good follow. Uh, The Yankees are out now, so I won't be too mad too much longer. Um, And I probably won't tweet this Sunday when we play the Chiefs. So, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. So if if you are looking for Raiders inside... You go right to Eric, and uh, he will either be crying or smiling. So uh, good luck with that. You can follow me on Twitter, at Gosker56, or on Instagram, at GooseOnTheMic. And, uh, Jolan, where might they, where might the people be able to find you and the podcast if they're looking for it? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at GoodOldJoles or Instagram at JolanByokua. That's J-O-L-A-N. B as in boy, I-O-K-U-A. Or you can follow us on Twitter at PodcastAirItOut or Instagram at airitout.podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you could reach us at those. And, Eric, thank you again, bro. It was super fun, especially with all the Yankees, Raiders talk we've had going on. We're definitely going to have you back on again, bro. And, again, great time. If the the Raiders catch fire, 
You'll be back. Yeah, well, we'll make sure first we get round of the Google. playoffs. I'll be back here. And I don't want to see if the Raiders win a Super Bowl with John Gruden. I want to see nobody celebrating except you. Now, one person I know roots for them. Yes, <laughs> but uh, hopefully it's soon. Probably not though. Yep, but uh, that's so. That's gonna do it for episode twenty. Again, reach out to us. Subscribe. Uh, subscribe. Excuse me. Give us five stars on Apple, Spotify, whatever, wherever you are listening. Hit us up. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think of the show. Who you want to hear on the show, maybe. Uh, if it if it's you, let us know. Who knows? We'll go from there. So, but until ep- until next week, and until episode twenty one, Jolan, put it in the books.